Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today we're celebrating St Jordi and independent bookshops. St Jordi, or St George, is the patron saint of Catalonia and his feast day, the 23rd of April, is a celebration of love, roses and romance, but also of books and literature too. On today's podcast, we'll be explaining a little bit about what makes this day so special for Catalans, and we'll hear how independent bookshops in Barcelona are trying to survive and thrive in the age of online shopping. I'm joined today by Guifrey Jordan. Good to see you, Guifrey. Yeah, nice to be back. And for the first time, we've got Angus Cleland. Nice to see you, Angus. Hello, nice to see you too. Glad to be making my debut. Well, you're very welcome. Um, first, Guifrey, maybe why don't you tell us what St. Jordi's all about? Well, basically, as you said, it's patron saint day in Catalonia. So all we do is giving uh, books and roses to each other. Basically, yeah. that's the very basics. It's a uh, 101 a lesson of San Jordi. <laughs> so in the old days, we used to get roses for women and books for men. But obviously, this is that's... now uh, out of date. So uh-huh. we are giving books and roses to each other, yeah. uh, no matter the gender. And uh, last year, I suppose, was my first year where I was able to see a little bit what it was all about. I mean, we were still in the middle of the pandemic, but things had relaxed enough for it to be almost a normal sanctuary, as in the streets were full of people. There were all these book stands and, and uh, writers were here to autograph books. And that's kind of uh, one of the big things that happens, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Last year, it was, even though there were book stands, Tans, uh, roses, tans, and so on. It was still a little bit restricted. I think this year we will see more crowds. It's going to yeah. be more crowded. St. George's more overseas very... visitors because last year absolutely wasn't much more overseas visitors, including writers. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think readers and authors will have their time to to meet in book stands as as usual. So yeah, it's going to be. Like uh, pre-pandemic St. Jordi, I hope. So if you're in the city centre of Barcelona, or, I mean, any other city as well in Catalonia, you know, there's areas that are just given over completely to book stands on the street. No cars, nothing, just perfect, super big space in order to, to browse books, uh, in order to, to see your uh, favourite author. So, for instance, in Barcelona, all the action will happen between there's going to be some kind of super block, a literary super block. It's it's a so-called literary super block, which is a new concept. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, and this is uh, between the streets of Diagonal and Gran Vía and between Balmis and Pau Clary, so in, in the city centre. It's like loads of blocks just uh, closed off to traffic and just open to Absolutely. wander the streets and go and browse and buy a book. <laughs> yes, and or, this, uh, or, or millions, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And uh, obviously, don't forget about going to La Rambla. It's not included in this super block, but, but obviously, obviously there's going to be some action there. That's a famous spot. And I mean, similar uh, initiatives in Girona, in Lleida, in Tarragona. Absolutely, and absolutely. In Girona, you can go to the Devesa Boulevard, uh, in Tarragona, you can go to La Rambla Nova, another boulevard, very famous there. And in Lleida, uh, you can go to Rambla Farran. It, it's always boulevards because, yeah. you know, San Jordi is a day to, to go for a stroll, to walk and to enjoy this this celebration. Yeah, so the so Catalan celebration. And then even, you know, if a little bookshop that's maybe nowhere near these areas, they'll still put a little stand outside their shop and, you know, Indeed. all the bookshops get Indeed. involved. And they? you will find this across Catalonia, so anywhere in Catalonia, you'll find book stands and, yeah, and you'll be able to enjoy this day. So it's a very Catalan celebration. We've got 
St. Jordi, patron saint of, of Catalonia. But Angus, actually, St. George is obviously the patron saint of England as well, but it's not really celebrated in the same way at all, is it? No, not at all. Obviously, this is my first San Jordi here in Catalonia, and, and I've lived through quite a few St. George's days back in the UK, but I can safely say that this is much bigger and everyone is much more excited for this than I've ever seen. Yeah, one, thing, George's one thing they have in common is neither is a bank holiday. Isn't there a bit of a yeah. movement here, Giffy, to yeah, make it a bank holiday? And I'm absolutely in favour of this movement, to be honest. I mean, it makes no sense that uh, on St. George's Day we have to work. Yeah. Well, not this year because it's Saturday. Saturday. But, but I mean, seriously, I mean, St. George's Day to, to, to spend with your beloved ones and, and to enjoy walking, having a stroll. Uh, just, I, I want to say something very short for those who are new here. Um, well, you will find loads of Catalan authors signing books, but not only Catalan, author, Catalan authors, but also international ones, uh, such as John Esbo, Petros Marcaris, Monica Zgustova. So, I mean, there are loads, and you can find an article on catalanews.com saying where to find them and, and, and when, exactly. Okay, okay. We've mainly been talking about books. Of course, we've mentioned that roses are the other big part of the celebration, if you like. And uh, Angus, you've got some tips for us on how to choose the best rose. Yeah, we spoke to Juan Guillén, who's uh, president of uh, Catalonia's Flower Shops Association, and he gave us some top tips on how to choose the perfect flower. Okay. Uh, first of which was to go for a wide and thick flower. And uh, one of the other things which you've got to look for is quite hard to see, but it's actually you want the base of the petal to be green because if the petal turns black, it means the rose has not been well preserved. Okay. Uh, in terms of the stem, like the base of the petal, you also want that to be green. And uh, the last of the tips was to buy at flower shops because you know that flower shops treat the flower as it must be treated. Okay, so go, go to the professionals, you know. Don't get fooled. It's very typical to see loads of random people, let's say, selling flowers in every corner of, right. of Catalonia. Uh, yeah. It's a good, yeah, it's a good way to make a little bit of money on St. Jordi's Day because, I mean, you might find yourself in the situation like I did last year where you're kind of running around at the last minute trying to find a rose to buy somewhere. And at that stage, all those tips go out the window. You're just looking you, to get your hands on one. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, we've got we've got more on that on Catalan news. And in fact, the article says that once you take it home, if you want to take care of it, you can put a little bit of aspirin in the water. I and didn't it keeps know that. it keeps it kind of fresh, really? apparently. Wow, it's all okay. about the, the pH. It's slightly acidic. Wow. There you okay. go, Giffrey. Mm. And teaching Catalans about how to take care <laughs> of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I just knew about water, which is like the main tip. <laughs> but I mean, wow. So um flower sellers are hoping to sell six million roses. Uh this St. Jordi, they come in all colors like uh, under the sun obviously the classic one is the, the red rose but uh prices are going up like everything they've they've said that um right there's rising transport costs and energy costs but they're trying to keep the prices for consumers like previous years and they're trying to absorb a bit of those increases themselves book sales as well Gifrey, they're hoping to um get back to the kind of pre-pandemic sales absolutely um san jordi is like the main day of the year for for bookshops it's super important for them and for instance in 2019 before the pandemic uh, 1.6 million books were sold uh, that days or in the run-up to san jordi obviously some people buy their books just before san jordi in order to give their presents to their partner, relative, or or whatever. So uh, we're counting the, the days around St. Jordi. 1.6 million books mm -hmm. in a 7.7 .7 million 
country, let's say. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's loads, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah. loads. Uh, that makes uh, around 22 million euro um, for, for bookshops. So, and this year, they estimate that this figure, this pre-pandemic figure, can be reached, could be reached again. Okay. It's a massive day for the publishing industry and booksellers in Catalonia. Uh, we thought we would take a bit of a look at how bookshops are doing these days. Uh, you know, it's the, the age of Amazon. It's the age of uh, massive online platforms. So Angus has been finding out how bookshops in Barcelona are dealing with this challenge. Last week, I had the chance to do my own little tour of traditional bookshops around Barcelona and spoke to their employees about the looming threat of online shopping giants like Amazon and how they're adapting to the ever-changing and increasingly internet-based commercial world we find ourselves in. Uh, bookstore started in 1925. It's close to 100 years ago. On a wet Wednesday in Barcelona, I was glad to take shelter in my visit to Alibri, founded as long ago as 1925. I spoke with Alejandro López, who explained to me that smaller outlets simply can't compete logistically or financially with the immense resources of larger corporations. It's complicated to, to fight against Amazon, not only because of the shipping costs, it's because of the store they have. They, they can arrive in one day to one point to another point, and we need them maybe two days. And also they have these um, stores outside of Spain, and they can sell the books in the same place like Germany or England, um, we cannot fight in that strong. I mean, it's so complicated. Of course, the onset of the pandemic two years ago really meant that these bookshops had to go online, or if they had already done so, to improve their online offering, given customers were now literally banned from even stepping foot in a physical bookshop. That's Ricardo Mati from Pompeia Bookshop, one of, if not the oldest bookshop in the city, whose ownership has been passed down generations, starting from his great-grandfather in 1922. He said to me that despite the online services, they still prefer that customers come into the bookshop and buy a book in person. Fortunately, many bookshops are standing strong, and although they may not want to admit it, one of the numerous reasons is due to this shift to sales via the internet. We spoke to Maria Carma Ferrer, president of Catalonia's Booksellers Guild. Maria Carme explained to us that while online shopping does affect bookstores, it's fortunately less than what they feared because of the newfound online sales. However, it goes without saying that online shopping for your new read is simply not the same as going to your local bookstore, as there are things that simply can't match the tailored experience offered by these establishments. So uh, we are the um, English uh, bookstore of Barcelona. One of the bookstores I visited was English language specialists come in just up the road from my liberty, where I spoke to Max Figueres, who explained to me that the staff are all there to help customers find what they're looking for and will work hard to do so. Of course, there's always the obvious uh, thing that you can check the books by yourself, um, skim through the pages, see if you like the story. You can always ask uh, a bookseller their opinion for recommendations. Uh, I will remember your name if you tell me your name, I'll try to remember what do you like to read and that thing, you cannot find it on Amazon. What's more, while technology nowadays is without doubt extremely impressive and advanced, there are still some things that an algorithm can't do, but a bookseller absolutely can, as Alejandro from Alibri told me. There is not an algorithm here, so you can ask. I, I'm looking for a book, I remember it was green uh, and it was a flower in the cover, so then 
we tried to, to guess the book or for example, I have a boyfriend and, and I remember he was reading that book and I want something similar. As well as the unbeatable bespoke customer service, when having a wander around all these bookstores, it was evident to me that shops like these are simply just such a pleasant place to pass the time with their warm, welcoming atmosphere, seats to relax in and get lost in a good book. In all then, yes, Amazon and similar platforms are changing the way we purchase books and have presented new challenges to the bookstores of today. However, there are things that a computer simply can't give you that the human experience can. And so customers still flock to all these shops to sink their teeth into their latest literary pursuit. Our thanks to Alejandro, Max, Ricard and Maria Karma. Angus, it sounds like you had a lovely little tour of bookshops in Barcelona. It's it's clear that mm, the atmosphere of these places is kind of increasingly more important, doesn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I was very pleased to see that despite all these, you know, all these new online shopping trends, plenty of book lovers are still going in. And I think a part of this is because of the great ambiance mm-hmm. that's in all these bookshops. You know, they it's not just a place where you buy books. It's yeah. also... It's also a place where you sit down and read the books mm. because a lot of them have at their disposal chairs, sofas. And in some cases, in the case of a bookshop that I went to a few weeks ago, actually, um, Libre Finestras in the middle of Barcelona, they have uh, even a terrace and a cafe. So you can not only can you pick your own book, you can take it outside with you, get a coffee, enjoy it with a coffee and then buy it. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I I love going into bookshops. I'm not always the best customer because I, you know, quite often I'll go in and have a browse and maybe not buy anything. But, but, you know, I suppose the idea is, you know, I do I do buy books there as well. And, you know, I suppose they don't mind too much if you if you come and have a browse, if you come back another day and then buy something, pick something up. I think also the uh, if you pick up a book and then you sit down and read it rather than you just flick it through at the shelf, you're probably more likely to buy it, you know, mm. because you've not only have you just looked at this book, you've enjoyed some of the other things that the bookshop is offering you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's amazing how this uh, bookshops, some of them are new or brand new. Like this Libreria Finestras, it's pretty new and they've just opened a new mm-hmm. a new area. Extension. Uh, extension, so... So it is possible to is possible. open a bookshop yeah. and keep it going. The, there's, there's another... Well, I think in, in the past two, three years, even amid the pandemic, there were two or three bookshops opening, such as like the second shop of... Ona Libras, mm-hmm. and it, it's amazing how this happens. This, actually, this Ona Libras, it's interestingly, they say you can buy books online too, and they take three hours to send it <laughs> back to you. <laughs> well, uh, so, I mean, they are competing, these guys are competing right. against Amazon, so they know what the threat but is. That, that, that's interesting, because obviously consumer attitudes have totally changed because of online shopping and stuff, and people expect... Mm-hmm. books you know well within three hours or yeah so. no, definitely yeah one thing that a lot of the bookstores told me was that we're all less patient you know we're yeah. all we all think oh i want this book well i want it now so i'm going to go <laughs> to amazon and it's going to be on my doorstep tomorrow you know with things like next day delivery and amazon prime and the other thing the other uh, consumer expectation is price yeah. because you know amazon with all their resources all their warehouses their distributors they can charge less per book and 
One thing that some of the bookstores have seen, which I think is a, a little bit cheeky, is that some people come into the bookshop and speak to the bookseller, you know, say like, oh, I'm really interested in this book. Do you have any, I, I read this book. Do you have any recommendations for a different book? They'll go, they'll browse a book, they'll find a book they like, they'll take out their phone, they'll check, up, check out the price online. And if it's cheaper, they put the book down and they're out of there. Oh, oh that's a that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit of a shame. Yeah, but absolutely. I, I I guess as well, Angus, that the kind of relationships that booksellers have with their customers is increasingly important. I'm not sure it's always been important, but you know that's that's a selling point that physical bookstores have, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. I think nowadays with a lot of people buying their books online, one effect that that has created is that people who go to bookstores often is because they are book lovers and what that creates is a loyal customer base for these bookstores because they can rely on the same people who are passionate about books and the, the booksellers begin to develop a sort of rapport with the, those who come to the shop frequently and then they now they've got this you know base established and what this creates is a community hmm. yeah. a community of book lovers amongst who visit all the bookshops around barcelona and i think Although the internet in one way has created some challenges for bookstores, one thing that it has done to help them is through social media, as lots of these bookstores now have Twitter accounts, now have Instagram accounts as a, as a new means of direct communication between the customer and the shop. You know, that way, that, that way customers can find out news about the bookshop events. You know, that's how, that's how so many customers knew about Libre de Finestras opening up. They posted about it on their Instagram. Mm -hmm. So social media plays a, an important role in creating this strong sense of community amongst the bookshops. And, and the sense that uh, this sense of community that you are saying is uh, increased now with bookshops making more and more uh, presentations, book launches, um, you know, some sessions to discuss about the specific book with maybe the author. So all this is an added value mm. uh, compared mm. to buying online with uh, such cold uh, big platforms, <laughs> let's say. Um, this is obviously an English language podcast. And uh, you mentioned Comen, which is kind of the big English language bookshop in Barcelona. But there are a few other kind of English language and also international bookshops dotted around the city, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Hibernian is another English language secondhand uh, bookshop also in, in, in Barcelona, in, in Gracia district. And yeah, but if you want to try French, for instance, you can go to James, which is like this French uh, bookshop in, in Barcelona, or there are a couple of Italian ones, uh, Libreria La Piccola or <laughs> Le Nuvole. Uh, this this Italian uh, bookshops in the city. So there are loads. Yeah. And, and yeah. then a lot of the bigger shops that sell mainly Catalan literature and Spanish literature, they'll also have um, English language sections absolutely, or other sections. Too. Absolutely. Gifre, you have also been having a good look in the last uh, week or so, maybe longer, you tell us. <laughs> a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, about kind of uh, looking at the pattern, just kind of the distribution of bookshops throughout uh, Barcelona. Because, you know, a lot of the ones that uh, Angus visited, for example, is in a Champla. It's kind of a well-off area. And you've noticed some patterns, haven't you? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, my research is only based on Barcelona. Sorry about it, <laughs> because the, the list of uh, bookshops was only available for Barcelona. And for Catalonia, there are some lists, but they are all incomplete, so they, they, they didn't really work. So uh, basically what I did is to put all the bookshops in a map, divided into districts and uh, neighborhoods. And well, taking into account the mean income of each district, of, of, of people in each district, what was very, very clearly is like wealthier uh, neighborhoods amass most of bookshops, you know. Mm. And for instance, 10 out of the 12 neighborhoods with lower earnings have no bookshops at all. Right. And mm. actually, I think it's 21 neighborhoods which are below the Barcelona mean income have no uh, no bookshops at all, which is, uh, I find it insane. So basically, mm -hmm. wealthier neighborhoods have, I think it's almost two-thirds of the total amount of bookshops in Barcelona, despite having just a third of the population in the city, whereas the rest of neighborhoods have like two-thirds of the population, but only 30-something percent of bookshops. So this is inequality, obviously. And according to Maria Carma Ferre, actually the same uh, person Angus was mentioning in, in, in his report, she says that, you know, lack of bookshops in an area impoverishes the whole surroundings. And, you know, Maria Carma Ferre was uh, urging authorities to, to, to make life easier to booksellers who want to set up uh, a bookshop in, in, you know, in certain areas. And also another important thing is libraries. So mm. she urges libraries to, to, to buy books in their local bookshop, you know, because there are libraries in all districts of Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Quite often in either lovely new buildings or lovely old buildings have been in a few nice libraries here Absolutely. in Barcelona too. I can definitely see what you mean about the richer neighbourhoods having a high concentration of bookshops, especially because in my travels last week, I can assure you that a Libri and Finestras, you can, if you stand on a certain point of the block, you can see both of them <laughs> within a few metres and come in is only a few blocks up the road. So there's definitely loads and loads concentrated in a particular part of the city. Yeah, a Champla district is the one amassing more, more bookshops. Yeah. Well, that's nearly us for today. I hope everyone has or had a happy St. Jordi's Day. There's also loads of events happening outside of Catalonia too. We've got a, an article on catalannews.com where you can see if there's anything happening near you or just go to your local bookstore and, and buy a book and say it's for St. Jordi, gift it to someone, you know. Before I go, I want to say big St. Jordi congratulations to our number one St. Jordi fan, Guy Jordan, who decided to I don't know get why you... married on St. Jordi's Day this year. So big congratulations to Guy and Agatha. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and now your anniversary every year is going to be St. Jordi's Day. Yeah, absolutely. That was the, uh, the main idea, you know. It's clear that our romantic days St. Jordi as, as the proper Catalans would do that and yeah. would forget about St. Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations. Many, many happy St. Jordi's to come, I hope. Time now for our Catalan phrase. You got one, Guy Yeah, something that I really don't want to happen on the day. 
which is Plowda Abodzi Barrels. Plowda, it's a raining barrels or something. Yeah, Abodzi yeah. and Barrels is like several containers of wine. Bucketing down. Kind of, yeah, kind of. So, yeah, I hope it doesn't rain Abodzi yeah. Barrels. Yeah, for your wedding and also the booksellers as well. Yeah, we are on the same boat. Yeah, uh, looking at the weather forecast. Plowda Abodzi Barrels. And that's us for today. If you enjoyed listening, why not subscribe to Filling the Sink wherever you get your podcasts, if you haven't already. Thanks to everyone who spoke to us this week. Thanks to Angus for joining us for the first time. Thank you very much. And thanks to Gifrey for joining us again. Pleasure. And thanks to you for listening. We're back again next Saturday with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, for me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now, adieu, and have a happy St. Jordi's Day. Mm-hmm.